Hello friends, welcome to Village Idiots for Christ and Nuts for Jesus and Just Plain Nuts. We're in Isaiah 52, 14 chapters away from the end of Isaiah. Amazing. Um, we're going to just jump right on in here. some Jesus stuff in here, some good stuff. It's just before the classic chapter 53, which is all about Jesus. So this is working into Jesus. So let's just jump right in. Here we got uh, only 15 verses. So can't guarantee how long it's going to be. This may be a very short one, but we'll get it out there for you. And, and uh, hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. Awake, awake, O Zion, clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garment of splendor, O Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust, rise up, sit enthroned, O Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Wow. <laughs> Man, you know, Jesus is going to rule from exalted Jerusalem on the earth for a thousand years. Jerusalem matters. It's important. And, uh, and uh, yes, they went through punishment and they went through a lot of trials because of their sin. But listen to what he's saying again here. Awake, awake, O Zion. When you hear Zion, that's, that's Jerusalem. When you wake, awake, O Zion, clothe yourself with strength. Amen to that. Put on your garments of splendor. Garments of splendor. I love that. O Jerusalem, the holy city, the uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. So God's saying your punishment's over, your discipline's over, the uncircumcised and the defiled will not enter you again. It says that about the new Jerusalem, that nothing unholy will enter into that new city, the new Jerusalem. So it's old Jerusalem, new Jerusalem, nothing defiled eventually comes in. Shake off your dust, rise up, sit enthroned, O Jerusalem. They're going to sit enthroned. Amen. Free yourself from the chains on your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Amen. For this is what the Lord says. You are sold for nothing, and without money you will be redeemed. Man, man, they were sold for nothing into darkness because of the darkness in their own hearts. And without money, they'll be redeemed. How? Through Jesus Christ, of course. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And it is without money that we are redeemed. Amen. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. At first, my people went down to Egypt to live. Lately, Assyria has oppressed them. And now what do I have here, declares the Lord? For my people have been taken away for nothing. And those who rule over them mock, declares the Lord. Man, so Israel went down to Egypt for a while to live again during the captivity. And even after with uh, Jeremiah's time, they wanted to go uh, when the Babylonians were coming, they wanted to go live in Egypt. And uh, God didn't want them to go, but they went anyway in a defiance against God. Um, again, my people have been taken away for, for nothing. And those who rule them mock, declares the Lord. Now listen to this. Here's the consequences. Here's the consequences of Israel rebellion about how it affected God and his name. Watch this. All day, all day long, my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day, they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. See, because of Israel, the name of God was blasphemed. Israel was supposed to be a shining city on a hill, a different, again, different from all the other nations, a people set apart for God, a kingdom of priests uh, to serve God, a place where the whole world would come to hear the wisdom of God. But again, they became a byword. They became uh, they became a laughing stock. They were they became uh, God was mocked because 
of their disobedience. Man, why would why would we worship your God? You're you're a bunch of fools. You're a bunch of idiots. Why would we worship the living God, your living God? If if you're the result of your God, then why would we worship? And that's it. That's why his name was blasphemed blasphemed among the nations because of Israel's unfaithfulness to their God. Amen. So, but God wants them to know. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day, they will know that as I have foretold it. Yes, it is I. God is the one speaking. God is the one letting them know. You are going to know my name. Let's continue on. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Remember, um, Paul said that. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, those who spread the gospel of Christ. Amen. But this is bigger than that. This is all of Israel. Watch this. How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. See, Israel went through their time of trials, their time of testing. They went through the book of Judges, all the darkness. And yet now the good news is coming to Israel. Again, it's going to be the same way. Uh, Zechariah, I just talked to my friend Jack today about Zechariah 12, 13, 14. Zechariah 12, the national redemption of Israel is coming at the end of the tribulation. And again, Listen to this. You relate that to this national redemption of Israel when God is going to supernaturally open their minds and hearts to Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. How beautiful the mountain are those, are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. All of that is coming. They're going to see with their, they're going to see with their hearts and their eyes. They're going to see Christ. Physically, they're going to see Christ and they're going to understand that He is the Messiah that they've been waiting for. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, there it is, the Lord's return. The Lord returns to Zion. They will see it with their own eyes. They're going to see it. When Christ returns, they're going to see it with their own eyes. Read. Listen again. Listen. Your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, and that day is coming and coming soon. Uh, they will see it with their own eyes. Israel is going to acknowledge Jesus as the Christ, Jesus as the Yeshua, Jesus, Yeshua, the Hamashiach, Jesus the Christ. They're going to acknowledge it themselves. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. He is going to redeem Jerusalem. He has comforted his people. And again, the ruins of Jerusalem will break into songs of joy together. Beautiful, beautiful scripture. This is so poetic and so beautiful, but such a picture it paints. That's why I meant, don't ever, ever, ever believe replacement theology. We have been joined, we engrafted in Romans 11. We've been, I keep saying it again, Romans 11, Romans 11, Romans 11. It's very clear. We do not replace Israel. No one can replace Israel. No one. You think Jesus being from the tribe of Judah, you think anything can replace Israel? Those are his people, his physical people. We've been engrafted into that, but no one replaces Israel. No one will replace Jerusalem. The Lord will lay his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, will lay bare his holy arm in the sight, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. That's a direct reference, my opinion. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. That's a, I don't know if that's a direct reference to Ezekiel 38 and 39, but when all the nations, Russia, Syria, Iran, uh, Turkey, uh, and other nations come together, a great siege of nations come together against Israel at the end times, could be, we, we don't know when, but it's coming. Without, it has not been fulfilled yet. Again, 
The Lord will lay bare his holy arm on that day. He was the one. No nation will come to Israel's um, rescue on that day. Only the Lord. So the Lord will lay his holy, lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. All the nations. It's probably going to be on Al Jazeera TV, CNN, Fox, uh, MSNBC, and all these news outlets worldwide will probably be probably broadcast this worldwide when they see all of these armies and, and air forces destroyed by the living God to protect Israel. They're going to know that there's a God in Israel on that day. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all nations. All the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. God is going to save Israel on that day. Depart, depart, go out from her. Uh, go, d- depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Come out from it and be pure, you who carry the vessels of the Lord. But you will not leave in haste or go in flight. Or For the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel be your rear guard. Amen. Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Again, the law deals with the clean and the unclean. So he's saying, he's saying, be holy. Uh, in the Old Testament, he would say, be holy for I'm holy. He's telling them, be holy. Don't touch anything unclean. Come out from here and be pure. See, come out from here and be pure. You who carry the vessels of the Lord. But you will not leave, and you, but you will not leave in haste or go in flight. So the Lord, they're going to come out, but they're not going to be running. They're going to go, they're going to go in a, in an orderly fashion because God's going to be their protection. For the Lord will go before you. Amen. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. So he's going to go before them. The Lord will go before them and the God of Israel will be their rear guard. So he's before them and their rear guard. God has them surrounded. Amen. Um, uh, verse 13, the suffering and glory of the servant. It changes, changing. Um, it's just got the, that's the heading. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his, his appearance was so disfigured beyond, beyond that of any man and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. This is a direct reference to Jesus. Let's read this slowly. See, my servant will act wisely. That's Christ acting wisely. He, he will be raised up. It will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Amen. He has been raised. He has been raised from the dead, lifted up, and he is highly exalted. The King of kings and Lord of lords. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man and his form marred beyond human likeness. He didn't even look like a human being on the cross. He was so tore up, so destroyed. You think about them ripping the beard off. It says they ripped the beard off his face. Just think about that in your mind. That's just one thing. So he didn't even look, he looked like hamburger on the cross. That's what Jesus looked like. He did that for all of us. And so uh, so he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths. Sprinkling many nations brings bringing salvation through his blood. And the kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. He is bringing salvation to the world. And what was not seen or heard will be seen and understood. Man. Like I said, we're getting closer to Jesus. 53, again, is all Jesus. 53 is going to be, I can't wait to do 53, hopefully next week. But here here we are. So the Lord is highly exalted and he is lifted up and raised up. Amen. He is our God, our King, our husband, our friend, our lover. He's everything. And he took the sin that he took upon himself, destroyed his body so that you and I might live forever. 
He paid the highest possible price, even separation from his father for a time, that you and I might be saved. Don't ever think, don't ever let anybody convince you that God loves doesn't love you. Man, and if you have questions and people ask questions about, well, if God is good, why is this happening? If God is, if, if God is fair, why is this happening? Never, never ask those questions. When you start to question your mind, you say to yourself, God is good. He is fair. He's way more than fair because he put his own son on the cross. Whenever it comes to the goodness of God, you look at the cross. You want to know how good God is? His innocent son, the only innocent man that lived on the earth. Adam and Eve fell, so they didn't remain innocent. But the only man to remain innocent through his whole life, never to be touched by sin. The only one truly innocent, not deserving of punishment, not deserving of crucifixion or death. That one climbed up on the cross for you and for me. The cross is God's ultimate love letter to you, to us that he loves us. Don't ever let you, don't ever let put people put questions in your mind about the good. People take the book of Job all the time. Oh, how could God be good? Look what he let happen to Job. Look at what happened. Look at the end of Job was. You look at the end of the story and how God blessed him for his faithfulness. And he's going to bless us for our faithfulness. Love you, love you, can't get enough of you. Much is coming. Hang on. Don't quit. Hold on. The finish line is right in front of us. All these things happening in the world are just a prelude to what is coming. All these things happening right in front of our eyes, right in front of us on the TV every night is, is speaking directly. It's coming right out of the Bible. These things are ha- that are happening were preordained by God, and the end is coming. And rejoicing and deliverance for those of us who know Jesus Christ is coming. And tr- and and trouble, terrible. Jacob's trouble is coming to the whole world. And are they in trouble? Because they refuse to repent. So many will not humble themselves and repent in this hour. Pray for them. Pray for the enemies of God in this hour. Say a prayer right now. Lord, deliver your enemies. Show them the truth before it's too late. Because final judgment is coming. That's why there's a half hour of silence, Revelation 8.1. God mourning and grieving over the judgment coming to the whole world. It's a grievous thing. But again, rejoice that you know Christ. Love you, love you.